Welcome to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. Alex is one of five Australian certified practitioners through the Institute of Functional Medicine and focuses on identifying the root cause of disease by taking into account an individual's genes, environment and lifestyle for treatment. She's the principal naturopath at Healing Hands Natural Health Centre in Ipswich, Queensland. Along with her talents as a Western herbalist and nutritionist, she has also excelled previously as a midwife and registered nurse. At Alex's practice, health is a right, not a privilege. Welcome, Alex. Thank you, Bindi. Now, we're back in another episode of Functional Medicine with you. Now, before we start, we have to say uh, that you're not a medical doctor, but you are one of the seven individuals now that are certified in Australia to call themselves a functional medicine practitioner. That's right. I do say beware of the imitations because that's a bit of a buzzword at the moment. Everyone's, Everyone's calling themselves a functional nutritionist or a practitioner, and look, that's fine. I mean, what what a holistic medicine does is it is more functional, but to be a certified functional medicine practitioner takes a lot of time, mm. a lot of effort and a bucket full of money. Yeah, and you've done years of study in Correct. this as well, and, and yes, I've, I've seen the hard work you've gone through and, yes. and the difference it's made to people. So, yes, you Thank definitely you. are not an imitation, that is for <laughs> sure. Thank you. Now, today we're going to talk about something that, um, has been trending for a little while, mm-hmm. and that's fertility. Correct. And you've done years and years of work in this area, haven't you? Yeah, because my first job was as a midwife, of course. Mm. And, you know, I was um, thinking about this the other day when I was thinking, you know, when we were having a chat about this, it was going to be this podcast was, was going to be about. And um, so I started my media in 1986. Mm-hmm. And even back then, we had loads of babies BBA born for adoption, mm. um, you know, because fertility rates were, everyone was really fertile. It was actually, and I mean still some people, you know, they've still got high fertility and I do have my thoughts on that which I'm going to go through as well. But, um, you know, but now it seems to be more difficult to fall pregnant than to not fall pregnant, mm. you know, and I can remember in, um, I was already midding, so it was, Probably about 90, I think I just started my mid, 1986. And I was listening to Triple J before it became, no, Double J before it became (laughs) Triple J because it's now Double J again on the radio. And there was this chap, you know, and I I can't remember, I was driving somewhere in Chatswood, I can actually remember where I was driving. And they they were interviewing this chap and I do think they were thinking he was a bit of a tin hatter as well, or Mm. a tinfall hatter, conspiracy theorist. But he actually, he was a, a professor from Melbourne somewhere and he said that if we don't watch it with the current trajectory, that male fertility is going to decrease 10% per decade. And mm. guess what? Guess what? It's happened. It has happened. Mm. We are so there. In fact, what was considered normal sperm count when I was first midwifing, um, you hardly see. Wow. You hardly see. You know, there's morbidity and morphology of sperm. Like, you know, there's always going to be a certain um, degree of poor sperm in the semen 
example, mm. and we're talking about sperm with double heads, with no tails that don't move, that just don't have a sense of direction moving round and round in a circle, that's what's really increased. Mm. You know, so there's, I guess, our first clue, um, listeners, is it's not always the girl. Mm. <gasps> Would have thought. You know, sperm are like tadpoles, mm. look like tadpoles and are actually biological indicators. And this chap said that, that sperm was biological, were biological indicators. So um, what does that mean? It was basically they indicate like tadpoles, you know, we know our frogs are disappearing. Mm. They, are, they indicate the health of our environment. Yeah. So, yes, so I have, I have this has been my, um, my passion for so many years because I am a midwife mm. and, of course, by default then, I see a lot of infertility patients, mm. you know, like and unfortunately, God bless, unfortunately, as you know, I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. Please help me, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. <sighs> By the time I see the patients, they've usually spent 40 grand and done two or three rounds of IVF and um, they wanted a baby yesterday. Mm. So then I come in and I say X, Y, Z, which we'll be discussing shortly, and they just have conniptions all over the place. Mm. And most of the times it's only the girl that comes in because the bloke never thinks it's him. Mm. But did you actually know that more than 50% of very early miscarriages is usually sperm quality? Really? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, so there's a lot in it. There's a lot in it. But, you know, just going back to when I first started 15 years ago, I um, – I, would honestly just sort out the girl's stress mm-hmm. and she'd be pregnant. Yeah. Now, I mean, just Paula told me that, you know, another couple's booked in because she always tells me about fertility couples booking in, I, you know, <laughs> and I go, oh, crumbs, it's bloody hard work. Mm. It's not that, and that's only 15 years, that's not even one generation. Yeah. And really, it's not always the physiological, is it? it? It's it is the emotional and the the you know the stress um, and the mental Correct. side of it. We're so, going to talk about that, don't yeah. Um, so, what 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 do you see is the? I mean, over time, obviously, there's the change in our environment and our diets and all kinds of things that's been going on. But as a functional medicine practitioner, where do you start to dissect things to work out? How are you going to help a couple who are having fertility problems? Well, first of all, we, you know, and it's unpro- pro- unfortunately in Australia, functional medicine um, is not covered. Even if you're a GP and you study functional medicine, there's a few of them in, in, in town, um, nothing's covered. And, yeah. and I get it. I mean, I know they have to draw the line somewhere. So I always, always, and now I just say, too bad, it's got to be done. Mm. So basically... Um, I always start with a hormonal test, but not the blood test the doctors do because yeah. the research shows it's useless. Mm. You know, they don't even get told what time of, the, of their cycle they need to do these blood tests. So I say to them, so when did they do – oh, look, no, I stand corrected. If it's IVF, they, you know, those doctors are on the ball, you know. Yeah. Um, but if they've just had them done from the GP, oh, so I can't remember. Mm. Well, what's the point? They're absolutely useless blood tests. Mm. It has to be done seven days if you have a 28-day cycle, the blood test should be done on day 21, so basically seven days after ovulation. So there's a lot of information there we have to um, go through and help patients track and, you know, we've all got these period trackers these days. It's so <laughs> wonderful. Well, I don't because I'm old. <laughs> but um, so basically um, I always start with the hormones. Yep. And the dried urine total complete hormone test is an American functional medicine test and it costs 400 bucks each. 
I've done that one. Yes, you have. Mm. And that was such a plethora of information. You get so much out of it. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, and I just say, look, keep it and see if you can talk to your tax agent and see if you can claim it on tax as a medical expense because it should be. You could argue it's your choice and, you know, a lot of um, people get, get you know, because I think you get a threshold of medical expenses and then you can claim it on tax. But I always start with the hormones. But the minute they come in, I say to them, we need to detox now. Shit, I hate that word. Mm. Detox is such a, oh, well, here I am. You need to say purify. Gwyneth, yeah, Gwyneth Penneth, and I'm doing my celery juice <laughs> detox now. No, no, no. The bodies have natural detoxification pathways. We've mm. talked about this, mm. right? Mm. So if we didn't have natural detoxification pathways, we'd be dead in literally 48 hours. If you know anybody who has renal failure, you know they've got to have dialysis every every 48 hours yep. or you will be dead. Mm. Liver, it's even less. If you have a Panadol overdose, which actually what it does, it screws up the detoxification glutathione pathway in the liver, you are dead in less than 24 hours. Mm. You know, so we have natural detoxification pathways, but think we're barrels. Mm. Think we're barrels. And now the barrels are full. So we've got to empty the barrel and purify. It's a good word. Because guess which is the best way for a woman to detox? Now, I know this one. Yes, you it's do. Through it's a the, trick question. It's through the breast milk, isn't it? And the baby. And the baby. Yes. They've mm. done studies and they've found, well, go to the top of the class, Belinda. <laughs> um, do they even say that anymore? No, that's pretty discriminatory. <laughs> um, so, the, so they've done studies. The people that are the cleanest from persistent organic pollutants, and we're talking DDT and stuff that has been banned, well, supposedly in the, since the 70s, and endocrine-disrupting chemicals that we get from plastics and non-coating stick stuff, non-stick coating, um, the cleanest people are those who have had the most babies. Mm. And the most toxics are the first children. Mm. And there was a study... Um, in, I wrote it down somewhere, maybe I didn't. Oh, you know what I did? I took a photo of it. <laughs> they, there was a study that um, actually showed that um, sperm damage from toxins can affect children and grandchildren. 2008, so it's not a new one. The consequence of maternal exposure to a variety of potentially toxic agents during pregnancy remains the prime focus of concerns in scientific endeavours and in society at large. However, there is now mounting evidence that paternal exposure can adversely affect fetal and postnatal development of offspring and that this imprint can be expressed in subsequent generations because you turn the shit genes on when you have shit environment. So basically what you're saying there is if you have children, their children... And their children's children... Also can have those same genes... Correct. Switched on. Correct. And that's toxins in the environment. So it's mm. not just about the girl. Because we all think it's about the girl, you know, and so unfortunately I do see a lot of men going, ah, oh, it's not air. I've had my sperm checked. They're all right. Yeah, but you know what? Sperm are like hot rods. You can look at a hot rod and it's all polished and beautiful, but what's under the bonnet? Mm. We've got to look at the genetics. So detox is always the first one. And I say, okay, well, you've got to detox and it actually takes three to four months to grow an egg and a sperm. So you've got to detox and then four months after that we can start trying. And they have conniptions. They have conniptions. And I'm, an, I'm old and enough research now to say, well, if that's not the way you want to play the game, I'm not the right practitioner for you. And having been through a hormonal detox, I have to say it's one of the best things you could ever do. Correct. You feel amazing after Correct. it. Yeah. Correct. And I don't... 
It's not just about that beautiful baby you're going to hold in your arms nine months. It's about that baby's baby and that baby's baby. And this study in 2008, well, guess what? They've actually said they've done another study, which I couldn't find, and Albert, it was an animal study. They actually said it's 15 generations. Wow. That's a long line. When you think it's only 11 generations since the, the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, we got no idea what we've done. <laughs> we've got no idea what we've done. Wow. You know, when I, and I've, you've heard me spruik this before, and I know this is about fertility, but this is why it's so important to detox. When I started nursing in 1982, we didn't actually learn about autism. And I always mm. use autism. Mm. Guess what the new numbers are? They've changed. What's that? One in 20. Get out. And we're talking on the spectrum. They're not yeah. all profoundly autistic. And we know these kids are clever, but their brains are on fire, right? So, and I said, you know, in, in the 60s when your brain was on fire, you worked for NASA because it was firing. Now it's inflamed. So I use that pun on words. Wow. You know, and, you know, when people come and see me and their kids are 18 and still nonverbal, it breaks my heart. Gee, that's incredible. We have to detox you. We have to detox you. And, we, yes, we use herbs and we use supplements, but we also use food, and we'll talk about that later. Mm. So that's the first thing. We get the Dutch test done and we start on detox straight away. And I think this is the thing, Alex. I think a lot of people think, oh, I just really want to have a baby, you know, and they don't actually think about, okay, I need to prepare myself for this. So, yeah, you can have that child. But you've actually, it's almost like if you think of it like building a house, you've got to create the foundation Correct. for that to happen. Correct. And in, in the proper way so that it hangs together. Correct. And, you know, and then the foundation's got to be right if you want to put a second story on. So That's think it. of that as the generations. Yeah. yeah. You know, it is. And, you know, um, and they actually reckon um, with the microbiome, you know, my favourite subject, mm. um, they reckon it's only four generations before it's irreparable. Well, I actually don't believe that. I mean, that, I've got no. I've absolutely no scientific proof saying that other than haha, a gut instinct because I think our bodies are more awesome than that. Yeah. And we do need for further research. So because it's, uh, well, for instance, it's not, no disrespect to antibiotics. I've got a friend going through a whole lot of stuff right now that wasn't for antibiotics. Mm. You know, she'd be in a very bad spot. So yeah. I'm not saying that. But it's only four generations since the introductions of antibiotics. Wow. You know? So it's not... It's only 11 generations since we started pumping the first chemical into our atmosphere. Mm. And they reckon it gets wrecked for 15 generations. <laughs> so that's why, that's why detox is really important, people. Mm. All right. And I, do, and I always say it takes two to tango. It does. We've got to detox that boy as well as the girl. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, once you've looked at the hormones, yep. then what's your next step? Well, and then we um, have a huge discussion on their lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So we talk about, um, I'm really big on EDCs or xenoestrogens, endocrine disrupting chemicals. We've talked about this ad infinitum if you've listened to me in the past, but I will rehash it because it's important. Mm. So endocrine disrupting chemicals, the first plastic known as BPA, bisphenol A, was patented in 1895. You know this answer. I know it. As an estrogen replacement. Mm. Right. What the actual heck? Great, great estrogen replacement, but they found something better and slightly more toxic called stibestrol. So they started using that and some bright spark decided then, okay, well, let's make this into a plastic. You know, so that, and, and if you think bisphenol S, BPS is any better, you know, those BPA life free linings and stuff, because they just haven't studied it. So in the world of chemicals, it's 
innocent until proven guilty and so nobody just does a study on it. Mm. And the way the randomised controlled trials work, as we all know in this, you know, if you're anyway sciencey, is it's one one um, variable. So you're not going to um, test a bunch of plastic polymers together that makes one plastic, right? Because BPA, the all that BPA does is keep plastic soft. So there's far more other things in that polymer, which means just long chain of plastic. Mm. So plastic has to go, you know, and I'm talking and some, some people go, oh, I've got $2,500 worth of Tupperware. And I said, well, God bless you, darling. Go to the op shop and get some, <laughs> go and get some glass jars that used to have coffee in them or something. Mm. Or go to Coles when it's half price, which just has happened actually, and get some Pyrex or Ikea or wherever you want to get them from. Mm. I'm really, I'm really, because I know what works. Mm. And I'm sure I've told you about this lovely lady. Years ago I saw and oh, she was sent to me by the midwives and she said, Alex, can you see this lady? We're, we're worried for her. She's got a paediatrician appointment. So IVF, very precious baby, six weeks old. And I said, oh, look, look we'll just check her on at the end of the day. Look, the, you know, babies and mothers I tend to, you know, find space for. And she came in and, you know, and, and at my previous reception at the time had said to me, open your window, Alex, because she knows I don't really, really like strong perfume. Yeah. I think you know this story. <laughs> and anyway, so basically I... Um, I opened the window, oh, gorgeous lady. And she's a lovely lady. I haven't seen her for a while, but she's a lovely lady. And her little baby was frothing at the mouth. I mean, it wasn't blue. Otherwise, you know, of course the midwives would have sent her to the hospital. And, mm. and the, the paediatrician didn't think it was urgent to see, but I don't think she could get into ped for a couple of weeks. Six weeks old, beautiful, beautifully dressed in the most beautiful clothes, all new and stuff. And I said to her, you got to lose the perfume, girl. Mm. You, and I went through the whole talk. I think we spent an hour. You know, we all got home late that day and she was horrified. She was probably about the only one that went home and just chucked everything and changed everything and changed everything to natural and non-plastic and got, um, you know, essential oils and whatever. And, you know, that baby stopped frothing within two weeks. Wow. But now this is a precious IVF baby, right? In she walks a couple of years later with a funny look on her face. And I said, how are you, babe? I haven't seen you for a while. She said, I'm pregnant. And I said, that's awesome. She said, with twins. <gasps> she said, that wasn't IVF. Oh. It wasn't planned. Wow. Right? That's the power of it. Mm. But that was a couple of years ago already, so we, 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 we've dug our trench further since then. That's the power of it. Mm. But what, what, what is, what's too expensive when you're talking about the next 15 generations? This is what we've got to get into people's head, that this is not the cheap. This is not the expensive option. And this is it. It's a mindset shift. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're concerned about the costs of, of, of seeing someone like you yeah. or the associated supplements and things that you've got to go through, yeah. you actually have to just change your mindset and understand your life's worth more. Correct. And your future life's worth more. And your kids and Correct. your family. Correct. So uh, just recently, I, I, as many of you know, I've had foot surgery and stuff and, and we were running out of chook food at home. This is, this is related <laughs> <laughs> and my husband said, I'll just go up to the, to, the, to the store, to the produce shop and buy some chook food. And, of course, I usually go and as soon as I go in, the chap says to me, two bags of organic grain? And I go, yes, and, of course, they don't know blue. So he went in and asked for just some coarse grain, forgot to say the O word. Oh, no. And wondered why it was only $22 instead of $44. <laughs> now, we have four chickens and a rooster and my girls. And um, everyone's been saying, oh, my hens aren't laying or whatever. I go, I never have trouble. They lay all the time. I don't know. Maybe they're like my worms or something, you know, because they're true free range. You know, within within three days of starting the non-organic grain, those chooks stopped laying. 
No way. Yeah, well, they would get one egg a day if we were lucky. So we've just this has just happened. So now we've I just said to my husband, I'm gonna go and get some organic grain, <laughs> am I? <laughs> and there he is, two mm. eggs of organic. I haven't seen you for a while, love. And I said, You don't want to hear the story. So um <laughs> so we um and within three days we've got our eggs back. That That's was last incredible. weekend I bought that organic grain. We're already getting um three eggs a day. <clears throat> Turns and around. Today's quick. Saturday. So yes, yeah, seven days. Yeah. Wow. I know. So this is this is the importance of the, 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 what what's their eggs? It's a little embryo. It's a little mm. egg. Mm. This is the importance of it. Mm. Endocrine disrupting chemicals. So we do, as you know, full hormone. And we start that. Well, I get them to do the Dutch test, and um, and then we start the detox because mm. we want the full picture. Um, and then we just talk about detoxing our house, detoxing our lives, and of course we know about, you know, it's important. But with fertility, it's like. Boom! We this is what we got to do, mm. you know, um, and it's no no half measures, organic all the way. We've got to get rid of the pesticides. We've got to go organic grain because you know they spray Roundup on grain. Mm. It's a consistent. It's called a persistent organic pollutant. Persistent for a reason, you know the Teflon, the nonstick. Yeah, right. And um, I think we talked about Teflon before. It's um, um, well, apparently when you buy these cheaper nonsticks. I mean, I personally think let's just do stainless steel, cast iron or Pyrex, mm. you know, not the old Pyrex that contain the lead, like the proper Pyrex, but um, the new stuff. But um, I, don't, I, I don't even like anything. On, I've got my doubts, you know. Is it the, is it the BPS of the future mm. that it's nonstick? But um, so Teflon, there is actually a... A sign on the a, a ticket on the Teflon that says, "Please do not have your birds in the kitchen when you cook with this stuff." What? Yes, yes, but that's fine. You just you just feed your embryo on this. This is fine. And interestingly, you know, I'm married to an engineer, and sometimes you get stuff out of him. And <laughs> he was talking about something, and we were going something, and he went, "Well, you know, that's I'm probably going to get this word wrong because it's ridiculous." PFS, and I went. PFS, what's PFS? And he went, perfluorosilicon. And I went, <laughs> right, isn't that the stuff that the rafts and the, 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 the firefighting foam that they're saying in the Bremer, don't fish the fish because of what's all, don't fish the water from the Bremer because it's all in the waterways? And he says, yep. And I said, and that's what Teflon is. Yeah, he says, because it's flame retardant. God. I kid you not. <laughs> I was, I'm not often speechless. I was actually speechless. That's incredible. Yeah. So so the Teflon's got to go. And so can you imagine a couple that has gone into their super or foregone their new car? Oh, that's another one. We'll go on to that, which is probably just a good thing because new cars are toxic gassing off everything, <laughs> um, to try and have a baby <clears throat> and then they can't have a baby. And then they're coming to me and I said, well, you've probably got to spend about at least two and a half grand yeah. refitting your pantry and your... Oh, but my cookware is expensive. Yeah, well, you know what? If it's nonstick, you know, when I found out about this stuff, I did a whole kitchen reclean, and I did go there. Well, luckily, I used to do lots of night duty, so I had big jars of Pablo instant coffee glass. Mm. Anyway, but I got rid of all my Tupperware. It was a Sunday, and I put it in the corner, and um, my husband came in and said, "What are you going to do with that?" And I went, "Oh, I'll probably take it to Vinnie's or something. It's about two and a half grand's worth, I think." And he went, oh, "Isn't that a little bit hypocritical?" So we burnt it. And I tell people that story and they go, oh, my God, but this is what I think it's, you know, there's, there's not enough tests. Mm. 
I just say if, if, if great-great-grandmother times 11 didn't recognise it, don't use it. Pre-industrial revolution or mm. eat it. So that's a big one, that, you know, and I've spent a lot of time on that. So that's a big one. We've got to clean, calm the farm, um, clean up our acts. You know, I'm not a big fan of new um, furnishings or new cars. I mean, I know I'm driving a new car, but, you know, I try and keep the windows down. I try and keep the – if you've got a new house, keep the windows, the car, all that smell, that's all phthalates. They're all persistent organic pollutants. And where do we store them? We store them in our fat. Mm. And, you know, where do we store our hormones? Well, they're probably a bit this, well, no, we don't really, but hormones are also fat-soluble, mm. you know? So and then our liver's got to detox them and our liver's got to detox our hormones and then if our guts aren't right because we're not eating the right food and we're eating up Roundup-laden grasses and wheats and rice and bread and all that, then the gut bugs are wrong, so then we've got leaky gut and then we just recycle, recycle all our junk estrogen. Mm. We are estrogen dominant. So the body goes, well, she's pregnant already. She's got plenty of estrogen. She doesn't need another one. Non-organic milk, what do they do with it? The green ear tags, apparently, the farmers tell me. That pumps prolactin and stuff into the cow so they lactate for longer. We even we have a really good look at dairy because even when you eat drink organic milk, you know, my mum was told when she was pre- when she was breastfeeding my sister, breastfeeding's the best way to prevent a pregnancy. Doesn't always work, don't try that, guys. Really? Yeah, because it's the hormones that stop you. And then what are we drinking through the milk? Mm. Cow prolactin. Mm. That's Extra, and you know, now what they're doing, they for, for increasing yield, they actually milk the cows through their pregnancies. So mm. we've got all these pregnancy hormones. That don't worry about you know um, uncommon development of boys and girls. And you know, I've got a patient who's a radiographer, and she tells me, I ask her, so how many, how how young was your youngest breast cancer patient? And last week it was twenty two, oh invasive carcinoma of the breast. This is not. Normal. This is estrogen, mm. xenoestrogens. So we talk a lot about that. Talk. So over your years of experience, Alex, yeah. no doubt you've seen a decline in fertility. Yes, yes. And uh, our environment is really smashing us, yeah. right? And the choices we make aren't helping. No, absolutely. So if we don't do something now, this is going to get even worse. Yeah, right. You know, and then, you know, and, and I'll talk about stress. And then people say to me, oh, yeah, but you know, you know, why do some people, you know, they don't eat the right thing and, and they all, you know, have two or three kids. Well, there's two reasons for that. One, they start really young, mm. right? Mm. So yeah, there's less environmental damage to your eggs and the sperm. Yeah. So they start really young. And I actually think the kids of those people, they're going to have trouble next two generations. Yeah. But they're just starting younger, so there's less damage done because our sperms and our eggs, our ova, are the canaries in the gold mine. And they by are. the by the time we're 35, it's we're, all, we're, it's all on board. Yeah, so. Correct. <laughs> and it's not too late, it's just harder. Yeah. And the second one is, of course, as much as people no disrespect to anyone, but an 18-year-old is not as stressed as a 35-year-old executive. Mm who's just given a promotion and she doesn't want to lose a job so she's working 12-hour days, the husband's out in the, goal, in the, in the gas field stressed to the max, mm. it's not the same sort of stress. No. So stress is the, is the other big one. Yep. So it's the pregnenolone steel. We've talked about that and we can actually see that in the Dutch test. Mm. So the pregnenolone steel basically, Google it, guys, or cortisol or pregnenolone steel, it just basically steals progesterone 
progestation, there's a clue, mm. to make the tiger-fighting hormone cortisol at the expense of progesterone. So that goes down. The oestrogen tends to ramp up a bit because we're still spraying our crops and eating those and rinsing just with plain water doesn't work either. Mm. You need to have used soap and water because every time if it rained, the farmer would have to respray. Um, and so then basically we've got this what we call oestrogen dominance. So look, you think about this, endometriosis, infertility, polycystic ovaries, um, um, gynecomastia, which means boob, boys growing boobs. That's mm. coming becoming common. Mm. This is all oestrogen dominance from, see how multifactorial it is? But it's all pointing towards hormonal imbalance. Mm. So the stress I don't think is as high when we're younger. We've got less balls in the air. We do. We do. Exactly. Yeah. You know? And, it's, and I do think once your body, although that's not true anymore, it used to be, once your body's had sort of one baby, it sort of kind of remembers a bit as well. Mm. But then again, after what we've just, do you want to do that? Do you want to dump all your toxins into your kids? Mm. You know? And then they take that on. Yeah. And then pass it on. Yeah, or become autistic or ADD or or stuff like that, you know. Mm. So um, that's, you know, the other thing too that we really need to talk about is, oh, and the obvious, don't smoke, don't drink. Mm. That's a no-brainer. Yeah, especially beer, um, our young men out there. So beer contains hops, which is estrogenic. Mm. And then, you know, you get that beer belly. Well, that's your own little estrogen factory right there. <laughs> so alcohol is particularly bad. The studies are infallible about, you know, women shouldn't drink more than three standard alcoholic drinks a day, above a week, because um, it increases your risk of breast cancer. Mm. It's all to do with this estrogen. Smoking, you know, there's nothing good about smoking. Um, so that's just something else. But the other thing that's really, you know, and this is a bit controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway, is the Wi-Fi. Mm. And look, you know, 5G, the whole bite bit, turn your routers off at night. Does it hurt? If it doesn't, what? and to try not to have your bed near the smart meter if you've got a new house and a smart meter. Mm. I mean, that's a little bit tricky if you live in a unit and the big ones are on the side of the things. But, you know, the, the whales never used to beach themselves. Yeah. You know? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, homing pigeons never got lost. Mm. There's something going on. And mm. you know what? I don't know. But just in cases, does it matter? Turn it off. Mm. It's not like Turn you need it, it while you're yeah. sleeping, right? <laughs> right. And don't put your phone in, in your pocket, boys, and, and radiate your testicles all day long. <laughs> you know? I have a um, – I know, I know of someone, she's quite young, um, worked for a big chain and got up quite high, same age as my daughter who's 29, and a lovely, lovely family and um, worked in a big chain of I won't mention and she was always on the phone and it was one of the cordless phones, yep. you know, not not now they're mobile but they, she, in those days they had cordless. She had an, an enormous brain tumour behind her right ear. Same thing happened to my uncle. Um, he used to have a, this is back in the days when computers just started to, you know, yeah. boom mm-hmm. and he had his own computer business and phones and all that kind of thing. It was just before mobile phones became really popular and he was always on his phone, yeah. always. And he ended up with this massive big growth on the back of his head mm. and it was right behind his ear where he would hold a phone. Yeah. And this is before, you know, that we have the technology we have today. Yes. Ended up with a massive brain tumour and died. Yeah. Well, thank thank the good Lord this young lady's still alive and doing really well. But, you know, there there is a reason. Mm. There is a reason. So and um, so I really do think um, 
I do really think that that, I mean, don't, you don't have to wrap your testicles in our four boys, you know, <laughs> I'm not saying that. But, you know, just just don't put your phone in your pocket. Become a metro and get a man bag <laughs> or carry it in your hand or in your back pocket. I mean, I don't try not to have my phone on me at all, you know. Mm. I'll do it lucky we got handbags. Mm. But um, I do think, and the other thing too is um, something that I always forget to mention when I talk about in general with Fertility 101 is testicles hang low for a reason. They don't like to be hot. Mm. So what do we do? We put them in undies. Mm. We put them in nice little tight undies and tight little, you know, we all like the men in the tight jeans and stuff like that. <laughs> So um, there are things on the market and the names will – I can't even think of one, but buy, buy a, 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 ball, a ball cooler. Like are they, they're called sack coolers <laughs> or something. So you can actually put – sit on like a – and I tell this to my truck. A lot of truck drivers have trouble. I say go and buy one of those menopause cool gel mat things mm. and sit on it when you're driving. Mm. Have a couple so you've got a couple going. Put one mm. in your fridge in the cabin and, and have another one and just keep your balls cool. <laughs> you know, that's really, that's really important. Yeah. Because that's why they hang low mm. because they don't like the normal temperature. It does cause sperm damage mm. and it may not be the actual look of the hot rod but it's what's under the bonnet. That's it. And I, I think the bit that we haven't talked about yet when it comes to this whole uh, functional medicine equation mm. is food. Yes. And eating the rainbow. Yes, eating the rainbow. Yes, yes, of course. And I, I was alluding so basically pesticides on the foods but that doesn't mean you can just buy organic pizza. No. <laughs> Is there such a thing? You know, you can get organic gluten-free pizza bases and still put your stuff on, like, you know, but absolutely, Bindi, the rainbow. So, and it's funny because I just think that's so important I almost forget to talk about it, mm. right? Mm. So, you know, eat the variety of, of, of fruit and vegetables. Buy your meat organic you know, try your kangaroos and your sardines because they're true free range because that's going to feed your microbiome, which is going to heal your gut, which is going to make sure that you don't, um, you know, recycle your junk estrogen, stay away from the sugar. We know sugar feeds all the bad things, including the bad gut bugs. If you must have sweetener, use some organic maple syrup or honey, not a lot. Think about our ancestors. What did they do? They found a honey bush. Whatever they're called, hive, not honey bush. <laughs> honey bush. That's I think that's New, New Zealand. <laughs> I think that's Manu. Well, no, it's Manuka. It's a honey bush, isn't yeah. it? New Zealand. So they found a, um, a, a hive, and they would clear the hive not every five minutes. You know, they would they would clear the hive um, maybe a couple of times a year, and it was used very sparingly as a treat. Mm. So, and just eating the different colours of the rainbow. <clears throat> And that's one of the things I remember when I first came to see you when we did the the diet of eating the rainbow and trying to get as many colours in one day. Yes. There's there's also the other effect that we don't talk of that often. When you actually buy organic produce or or meat, um, you're actually doing good for the environment at the same yes. time. Yes, yes. So it's not just about you and your health, but it's yes. the health of the planet Correct. at the same time. Yeah, and the farmers, they're, they're all, they're not the big corporations, they're little, they're, they're little farmers that you benefit from, like, you know, going, going buying organic milk, it's, they're not, you know, it's, I mean, I think the big chains do have a few, but it's, they're usually these, these small scale farmers, so you're helping the little people mm. and, you know, not the middleman. And, and it's more sustainable long term. Yeah, and the yeah. more of us that do it, the cheaper it's going to be. Yeah. Because, you know, that was normal in great granny times, 11's days. Mm. 
And it was a lot cheaper than it is now. Correct. <laughs> it was actually cheaper. When it first came out, junk food was dear. Mm. You know, we were talking about this this morning, my husband and I, and I just said, you know, um, you know, Victoria's um, doing a, trying to do a really good job of this lockdown. And I said, so, because we actually went out for a restaurant for my sister for, my birth, for her birthday last night, and I said, oh, can you not even get takeaway? Can you get takeaway in Victoria now or not? I think you can, yeah. yeah. So that's what they... I mean, they could just say no more big chain junk food. People would go up in arms because it's actually addictive, mm. you know. But that's what needs it. That would that would be the best for our immune system. And I think this pandemic has been a great opportunity for us to to love our local yes. more. So this yes. is this is where we can actually yes. shop local and yes. and make that change locally instead of having to rely on imports because of lockdown. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, I apologise. You know, I should have said that. Um, but yeah, definitely eating the rainbow. And as you know, my next podcast, you and I have been you know, we're going to talk a little bit about my new favourite thing called metabolic balance, mm. which is basically a weight loss program. But it actually also helps identify which foods don't cause inflammation in your body. Um, I've only been doing it. I studied while I was – it was one of those things that, you know, this girl was saying, you must do it, it's going to be wonderful. And I went, yeah, I'll finish my functional medicine. I'll finish my Swiss biological medicine. Well, Terry, I should have listened to you because this stuff rocks. Mm. I should have done it years ago. And basically um, just just this week I have a lady who is now – she has a eight-year-old through IVF. Mm. I've been seeing her. She's wonderfully compliant. And I said, look, let's put you on metabolic balance for other reasons. I get a text just today, Alex, I'm pregnant. <gasps> get out. Because she was saying, I don't know, I'm so starving and I'm not getting my period again. And, yeah. Look at that. I know. Food is medicine. Mm. I am so excited. Well, yeah, a bit of a backstory, but. Yeah, you listen. That is just floored me. So guess what? Every one of my fertility couples are now going to go on metabolic balance ah, as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that makes okay. sense. Yep. Right, whether yep. they need to lose weight or not. Mm. It's just a bonus. Yeah, it's a bonus. Mm. But I've got some fun facts before we finish. Tell me. So um, another reason why um, when you're younger you are more likely to conceive is because of this oxidative damage we talked about, you know, mm. the, the free radicals, the pesticides and all that sort of stuff. So if a young girl or young girl, because that's not right, a young woman um, has an older partner whose sperm might be a bit dodgy, when the egg and sperm meet, her young dynamic egg fixes the DNA in his sperm. Serious. Serious, I shit you not. Whoa. Isn't that amazing? That's a miracle. I know. So... It kind of works when you've got an older woman and a younger man as well. Really? But not as because the sperm's more dynamic, but the egg is magic. Mm. Anyway, so that was a fun fact. Mm. But the other thing, thing um, I just got some statistics. I don't know if, any, if you're interested, but this is, this is why we need to take it seriously. And it's from the CDC. I apologise. I couldn't find Australian numbers. So that's American numbers, but we kind of follow the curve, mm. you know. We're the 52nd state. So 25% of couples have more than one issue cause. So a quarter of the couples, it's not just one thing. That's mm. why we use a multifactorial approach, yep. right? Um, the statistics 12% have difficulties falling or carrying to term. One in eight couples have fertility hurdles. 15% of all couples are unable to conceive after one year of unprotected sex, and that goes to 10% after two years. So 
you know, that they're big numbers. And they're probably going to grow too, yeah, or yeah. depending on the data, yeah, those yeah. that are probably higher. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think this was a um, – oh, gosh, that's a good point. But that was um, that was about 2016, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. No, 2019, it was last year because it was oh, okay. CDC. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you're right, it's going to change. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, wow, there's so much to consider yeah. when it comes to fertility. And I yeah. think um, – Again, looking at functional medicine and the and the multiple approaches or the more holistic approach, um, gonna have a great chance of success. Yeah, and look, you know, if you are working with a IVF specialist, I have no issues. Sometimes they do, but we can work together. Yep. So if you really want to do the functional medicine holistic approach, check with the fertility people you want to go with, and just say I've got a functional medicine practitioner, naturopath, whoever you choose to go to. Um, are you okay working with them? And if they say no, choose someone else if you really want to do it. Do you think um, by looking at the functional medicine approach it may even negate needing IVF? It may, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah it may. So maybe try it first yeah. before IVF. Well, it's a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know what? Even as a bonus, you're going to get healthier. <laughs> absolutely. So even that, even if it does, you do need to go to IVF, your chances then of IVF are a lot a lot better yeah. because we've got the hormones right, we've got the gut right, we've got the mojo right, we've got the testicles right, everything's right. Mm. Much greater chance yeah. of success either Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's not a slow journey, a, a fast journey. It's a bit slower. But then, you know, what's four months when it's 15 generations? That's it. We need to make a change now. Now. Thank you for listening to Functional Medicine with Alexandra Brewster. For more information on functional medicine in Alex's practice, visit healinghandsipswitch.com.au.